My name is Philip K., the Reverend Philip K. Welcome to the Dudist Journey. A little podcast where we kind of take a look at life from a Dudist perspective. And today I'm working on a laptop that's it's old, but this is my new system setup. I had my big system in here, and it was just crowding, taking up way too much space. Let's change it up, man. Change it up. Uh, so a little quick, what's going on in the world of the Reverend Dr. Philip K.? Um, Working toward, I, th- I believe I've finished my classes for the uh, mobile developer certification, <laughs> and I'm working on a couple other ones. I'm working on um, a couple of C-sharp ones because I want to build games, and I've actually built my first game. I'm pretty excited about it. And I want to professionally release it. I just got to go through because right now it's like a PC console game and uh, but it's size and everything for devices so i'm trying to get it for android and for apple and all those fun folks oh man now i gotta tell you it's a it's, a, it's not easy i gotta tell you building games is just like every time i would add something it was just like why isn't this working <laughs> and i would you know check tutorials and you're going on stack overflow posting questions trying to figure it out and i gotta tell you man it's uh, it's tough yeah. So if you're watching the video, you might see a reflection in, in my glasses. That's the computer. I can't shut the lid because if I shut the lid, then the thing shuts down. So we're going to work through it here today. And today, we're going to talk about hate. And in part of that, we're also going to be talking about what's maybe known or what I call the replacement theory. So... I know that might not seem like the best topic, uh, but the thing is, is that it's out there. We've got a lot of people who are pushing a, a lot of hate, and and uh, we've you know we've had shootings and and school shootings and all kinds of things. Mostly, it's it's a lot of you know young white guys that are just I don't know freaking crazy. But I can probably tell you why, and it's because of hate. It's this focus on hate. Now, so let, let's talk about it a bit because especially, and uh, I'm sorry, in connection with the replacement theory. The replacement theory is something that's told to, uh, is, is basically a, a, a line fed to you by white supremacists who claim that minorities are going to come and take everything you have. They're going to replace you. And so... White people will hear this, and they'll show whatever evidence or proof or whatever they have. And um, if they convince the person, then that person will automatically believe it, and they'll become suspicious of everyone who's not white. And when I was a young kid back in the day, I was a metalhead, and there are Nazis in the metal scene. There's Nazi punks and Nazi metalheads. Uh, clan folk tend to gear more towards country music, uh, but <laughs> if you go to uh, metal concerts, you will you will find uh, you'll find some Klansmen, but you'll also find a lot of a whole group of Nazis. And so when I was young, they tried to recruit me, and I would basically question their ideology. And because I questioned it, they never recruited me because <laughs> they were like, you know, the problem is these Mexicans. That's the problem. The Mexicans are taking our jobs because they're working for lower wages. Uh, they're coming here illegally. 
we need to stop the Mexicans. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds like a problem. But here's my question. Who's hiring them? Oh, some rich, cheap white guy. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's your problem right there. Okay. That's what we need to look at. <laughs> that, that, I believe that's where the problem is here, sir. Uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily the other guy. I, I, th- I think it's the rich white dude. Um, so I would just kind of like poke holes in the ideology. And because of that, they, uh, you know, they didn't want me. <laughs> I didn't get my, my Nazi, my Nazi party card. So I've seen a lot of like racism out there today. It's, it's really been pushed up to the front. And the other thing I, I find funny is a lot of the leaders are typically liars. And I'm like, why are you following someone who lies? Because only a fool believes a liar. So if you can catch someone in a lie, then they've probably told about two dozen others that you didn't catch. Okay. It's it's one of those situations. So I said, well, let's talk about hate here for a minute, because where's all this hate coming from? Well, the root of all hate, according to psychology, is fear, the fear of loss. And I'm like, hey, you've got something there. Because they kept telling me, yeah, they're going to kill you, and they're going to take all your stuff, and they're going to replace you. It's a fear. Now, we have fears, and because of that, if anyone can amplify them and gear them towards whatever cause that they feel, then that's that's how it all can, they can, you know, recruit you and get you to do what they want. And so, so let's talk about that just for a second. Now, I pull, as a dudist, I don't just look at one thing. I'm not just looking at one religion, or I'm not just looking at science. I'm looking at everything. And I'm like, let, let's see where the connections are here. Let's see where things are coming together. So I said, let's take a look at the Hebrew Bible for a second, the Jewish Bible. Let's take a look. Oh, what the hell is this? I hope that didn't come through. That's going to suck. I hope it didn't record that, but it might have. Okay. Let's <laughs> updates. Updates. Let's continue on. Uh, so the Hebrew Bible, I looked at, uh, what is this? Vayakra? Uh, Vayakra? 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 V a y i k r a. You know it um, uh, if, if you know your stuff there. If you know your Hebrew, so it's um, it pulls out. It says, "Thou shall not hate thy brother and sister." So right there, right there in the Jewish Bible says, "Do you can't hate." If you're a Christian, same thing. You can't hate. Like we can even pull out. Uh, I got a verse from Job here. Uh, they that hate thee shall be clothed in shame. So, boom. Right there, again. You've got, you know, two different aspects there. And then, let's go down a little further, and let's take a look at the psychological view. Now, let's take it out the definition of hate. So, let me pull up the notes here that I'm trying to read around this giant friggin' microphone. And it says, very plainly, that hate is a stable feeling of intense dislike for a thing, person, or group. Okay, that makes sense. But then it goes on further to state that it is a form of active, ongoing hostility that often uses up significant emotional energy. Do you really want to spend your energy on something you hate? Focusing all that time and your peace of mind for something you hate. 
see people get um you know they get lost up in this and, and if you get fixated on something that you hate like this person or group then it just sort of takes over doesn't it and who wants to hang out with someone who's angry and hateful all the time it's like dude that's not cool that's not fun life is short man why am I going to sit here, spend all the time getting pissed at someone? And sometimes that person hasn't done anything. So it doesn't really make any sense to hate them. I mean, I mean, seriously, it doesn't. It's just, you just got to sit and think about it for a minute. Like the guy saying, we, we should hate all the Mexicans. It's like, I, every Mexican I know is cool as hell. Tommy Hernandez, he's great. He helps me with my math homework. And Gabriel Ruiz, man, Gabriel, she got the best weed. So I love Mexico. You know, yo, more Mexicanos, brother. Like... <laughs> You need, you need to get you some Mexican friends. So let's look down more on, on some of these roots of, of hate, where this is coming from. Because like I said, a big thing is fear. But there's also envy. And there's also the uh, inferior belief, you know, that whether it's uh, religious or what have you, or uh, some kind of stereotype or even political. I hate this person because they didn't vote for my guy, or I hate that person because they don't go to my church. Um, there's also the humiliation. It's a reason, you know, whenever we feel humiliated, we tend to hate. And the big one, the biggest one, like I said, is fear, powerless, anxiety, loss of control. And that comes from a lot. And that's where a lot of the replacement theory stems from is that you're going to lose control and, and you're going to lose everything you love and everything you have. Really? They're coming for all that. Someone really wants to to, to, to rob me of my 2006 RAV4? Like, really? <laughs> In the apartment that I'm renting? <laughs> you know? It's like, come on, man. Uh, so I, I finally hate can be silly. Now, you can get angry. That's understandable. Everybody gets angry. That's just a natural human emotion, you know? Uh, your your kid doesn't listen to you, or you spill something, or... Your, your boss is making you work extra hours or something, you know, uh, and not paying you overtime. There's reasons to be angry. That's fine. But don't don't hate because it just takes you down this darker path and it drains a, as it said, a significant amount of emotional energy, man. You, you don't want to contribute your time and mindset to that. You got better things to do. Okay. Now, prolonged hatred, that's another form that we have. And that comes from things like revenge, violence. Um, it's often redirected towards the innocent. Like I said, you got these people who are shooting up schools or they're shooting up grocery stores or, or what have you. And then um, they often do this because they see others as less than human, which I found a lot with white supremacists. Anyone who's not white is beneath you. Um, and then when you do that... Because, you know, we have no problem killing animals, but we have problems killing humans. But if we think of the human as an animal, then that turns off our empathy. See, and this is where hate can totally rewire your mind to a point uh, of becoming a straight-out friggin' monster and not even being able to understand the importance and the significance of life. Um. And that's a big one, but that also, and that leads to another form of hatred, which is known as self-hatred. Now we judge and criticize ourselves. And if you hate yourself enough, well, then it's going to be easy to hate someone else or blame someone else for that. You know, if you don't care about your own well-being, then you're not going to care about somebody else's. You got to take a step back and just whoa for a minute, man. Chill. 
All right, there, there's other ways, okay? Now, sometimes we have that self-hatred for a number of different reasons. Uh, we're not fitting into the stereotype of that society assigned us, you know? I don't make enough money, or I don't have the body of a rock star, you know, <laughs> or an athlete, or, or what have you. Um, and then we, uh, we have regrets, past mistakes, and a lot of these things, sadly, will contribute to self-harm and suicide. Because like I said, if you don't care about what happens to you, you're not going to care about anybody else. And so you really have to kind of kind of make sure that you steer clear of that. It's incredibly important because it'll take your energy and the stuff that you could do for the good of yourself, and, and it ruins it. It just, just everything goes. You got to think of it almost like a, like a house of cards. It'll just tumble straight down. So there's some things that we should probably remember when we go on the path of life and whenever we encounter hatred. And this is a few things. One, you need to remember that people make mistakes, okay? There is not a perfect person on this world. And I've said it before. People say, I have no regrets, no regrets whatsoever. Bullshit. You've got regrets, asshole. You're just lying about it. Maybe you don't like to think about it or you don't dwell on it, which is good. That's fine. But you can't sit here and say that you have not made mistakes. You have made mistakes. We have all made mistakes. So let's just be honest here for a minute, okay? Now, sometimes we're not able to forgive. We will regret an action. And that can be difficult to do. But it's something that you have to do. The first podcast I, I remember I did was about forgiveness, the power of forgiveness. It is a power, and it frees you. Now, you don't have to walk up to the person and say, I forgive you. You could just say it quietly in a room by yourself and just repeat it as if you were saying it to the person because you have to let go of this, of this suffering. You have to relinquish it because it's just going to consume your life like a black hole. Okay. If you know anything about black holes, they suck everything in, and we have no friggin' idea where it goes. You don't want to end up in there. You're probably just going to end up in the darkness. Not a fun place, okay? But you have to, because that helps you learn. That helps you grow. And that helps you to understand that you shouldn't harm anyone else. You can develop compassion. And once again, another big tool, another big thing, another big power that often is seen... Uh, perhaps not enough. And when we do see it, we are very much admirable to it. Someone helping out a homeless person or helping uh, get a child out of an abused home or something. That compassion inspires us to be compassionate in our lives. It's very important. And so it's important that you also do what you can to, to be compassionate. You'd be surprised on what it can do for you. Now, I got this little bit here. What we need to do is to separate your anger and your hate. You need to learn that we are all in this world together. There's no other planet right now. There's plenty of planets, but we don't know anyone that we can go to necessarily. So this is it. Earth is it. Okay? We need to work here on Earth and work on this and work on, on getting this planet better and getting better with each other. This is it. We've got to make this boat stay afloat. And we also have to understand that being different is cool. 
it's cool to be different. It's cool to have your own interests. It's cool to do and, and have your own things. That is totally cool. You're cool. I'm cool. That's how it is. A lot of these people, they want you to fit inside this box. And it's like, I don't fit inside the box. And so, therefore, you're not part of the club. And I had to deal a lot with this in, in my youth um, because I was, you know, going against the norm. Like I said, I was a metalhead. I'm wearing all black. Uh, I'm going, uh, I'm getting into, like, demonism. I'm wearing upside-down crosses and just rebelling against everything. And so, because of that, a lot of folks are like, I don't want you in my group. You are the picture symbol of what I'm told the devil is going to look like. And I'm like, lady, I'm not the devil. The devil is a guy who dresses up like a priest and preaches in a Christian church and then rapes your kids. That's the devil. I find the devil wears a nice suit and he does a lot to lure you in to do stupid and horrible things that will benefit him and not you. And uh, as long as you remember not to harm others, that's another big thing. It's and a lot of guys, like I said, when they get angry out there and they're getting all, all wild and, and pissed off and they don't know what to do with it because there's some part in their life they don't like. Maybe it's a form of self-hatred. Maybe they've made mistakes and regrets they can't forgive. Maybe they've caused uh, problems or maybe uh, uh, they're suffering in some way. Loved one died. Uh, girlfriend left them. Hate my job. Shit car. Shit apartment. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is. And they just focus on that instead of just saying, shit happens, it's okay, and you know what? Hey, yeah, my job sucks, but I got a job. And yeah, my apartment sucks, but I have one, <laughs> you know? I mean, you understand, man. My first apartment was a one-bedroom apartment in, like, a meth neighborhood. I mean, I'm serious. Like, people were getting arrested <laughs> on the regular, okay? I would walk out my front door, lock it turn around, ready to go to work, all dressed up, and two cops would tackle a guy right in front of me, checking his pockets, questioning him, and I'm sitting there like, uh, do I stay? Am I a witness? But they're just, you know, they pay no attention to you. I had this crappy old Lincoln town car that was big and needed a ton of work and had problems, terrible gas mileage. But hey, it was mine. You know what I mean? Because I think the big thing that helps get the folks through a lot of that is the opposite of hate, which is love. And we're, we're seeing a shift in things with love because women are now having more of a say and they're just like, look, I, I don't want to deal with, you know, men would say, hey, why buy the milk when, you know, why buy the cow when um, they're given the milk for free? Well, women are saying, why buy the whole hog for just a little sausage? <laughs> Something to think about. But I think love is the big thing that can help with a lot of this. And so that's why when I see people on TV and they're spouting the hate and the fear, I tend to turn it off. And I was like, no, that doesn't mean we can't listen to the issues. Yeah, you got to learn about the issues. You need to be informed, but you don't need to be inundated. You don't need to be pushed into being this hate monger monster who's, uh, you know, pissed off at the neighbor because they didn't vote for my guy or they didn't go to my church or, or, or my synagogue or, or my birthday party, whatever it was. Being an outcast and being on the outside, I think, honestly, in a lot of ways has helped me because I've been a more open-minded person. And I accept the fact that we don't know everything. We don't. 
I'm epileptic. I have seizures. And I'm here to tell you right now, there is no cure for seizures. They will throw medication at you like a shot in the dark. They have no freaking idea if this medication is going to work. But they're going to throw it at you. They're going to give it to you. Here you go. Go ahead now. Get over there, Junior. Maybe this will help. And it doesn't. I have to say, the only medication I ever took that really helped me with my seizures was cannabis and CBD. That was it. All that federally government-approved pill medical crap fucked up my body beyond recognition. If it lowered my seizures, it did 12 worse things. I remember I even did a chart of all these things and all these complications that came as a result of the medication. Like, I mean, the thing was, like, I, I, was, uh, I was forgetful. I had headaches. I had joint pain. It was decreasing the calcium from my bones. This medication did horrible things to my body. And, and uh, when I told my doctor, hey, you know, um, this thing's horrible. I'm having to take like a dozen freaking uh, uh, vitamins to offset the effects. The doctor says, well, did it lower your seizures? I said, by one. So she doubled the dose. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think there's a lot of doctors out there on cocaine. That's just my opinion. But because of my complications, there's things I can't do. One of the things I've always wanted to do was jump out of an airplane. I know skydiving sounds insane, but it's something I've always wanted to do. Can't do it now because of my seizures. I've always wanted to fly a plane. Can't do it because of the seizures. I am barely allowed to drive a freaking car. <laughs> okay? They're not going to let me, you know guide the rocket ship, because I've always wanted to be an astronaut. I mean, who doesn't want to go to space, right? Who doesn't want to go see what's out there? But um, not in the cards for this guy. Now, I could be angry about it, mad, and yell, and scream, and get pissed off, and all this other shit. Or I could stop and say, well, maybe that's just not meant for me. Maybe I'm meant to do something else. Maybe I'm meant to do this. Saying my little dudist sermons here on a podcast to, what, 8 or 10, 15 people that listen. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Because I find that sometimes, to me, it's not settling. It's accepting your limitations. And a lot of us don't want to accept limitations because we think that we're, we don't have any. But we do. Everybody does. And yet you have to accept it. The sooner you embrace and understand those limitations, the sooner you can make them work for you instead of against you. So to me, I'm still living a good life. I'm still happy. Am, am I stressed out? Am I tired? Yeah, I'm, I'm a father. I got kids. Fuck. I'm a parent, buddy. <clears throat> Name one that ain't. But I have that love in my life, so it deters a lot of that hate. It deters a lot of that. And some, for some people, hey, it's, it's hard to find love. And hey, man, I'll, I'll agree with you. It is tough. I'm not going to lie. Dating scene can be tough out here, but it also depends on where you're looking. Because I always tell my friends, it's like, look, if you're looking for a nice guy, and my lady friends, you know, I'm like, if you're looking for a nice guy, I'd probably try a bookstore or Comic-Con. Just saying. Um, I, I would probably maybe try there. Yeah, there's creeps there. Don't get me wrong. But there's also just a ton of really nice guys who are often just a little antisocial. And the only way they can be social is by putting on a costume. And Comic-Con is where they can do that. I mean, it's, it's a, a place where the antisocial can be social. 
And who isn't a little antisocial these days? <laughs> Are you watching this on your device alone in your room? What are you wearing? No. <laughs> so when it comes to hate, we have to get it out and let it out of us as much as we can. Our energy should not be going towards this. Because there's one very important lesson I've learned. If there's anything that you take away from listening to this today, let it be this. Love creates. Hate destroys. Okay. Love creates, hate destroys. Don't be a destroyer. Be a creator. Even if your creation is criticizing, like I know some uh, someone compared film critics. They're like, the filmmakers are the creators, and the critics are the destroyers. And I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't call them destroyers so much because they didn't destroy your film. Your film still got released. And they love films. It's just that they had higher expectations for it. And so they criticize it. But by criticizing, by writing reviews, they've created something. <laughs> so please, do what you can to love. Abandon hate from your heart. Fill it with love. Fill it with compassion. Fill it with generosity. Because that's what the world needs. And I have no doubt that's what you need to. Thanks for listening, folks. Now, let's go ahead and let's do five minutes of silence and reflect on this for a little bit. So go ahead, take five minutes to take a nap, maybe meditate, do some prayers, uh, you know, grab, grab some snacks, you know, whatever you want to do. Let's start that five minutes right now.
Okay. All right. Well, that's today's episode, folks. I appreciate you listening. Um, have you noticed there's an ad in there now? Anchor.fm has me running an ad. I've earned about 48 cents. All right. <laughs> Woohoo! One step closer to retirement. Uh, I can't even get a soda for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but still, it doesn't matter. I just, I just want to get this message out. I want people to listen. So thanks for tuning in to the Dudas Journey. And when you're going out there in the world, try to take it easy. Because when you take it easy, the dude abides. Thanks for listening. See you next time.